1: Dave Dubow on. Dave, I really appreciate your time. And like I mentioned before we hit record, uh, I spent a lot of time on the acquisition side of property, you know, for wholesalers, fix and flippers, and everything. But, uh, and I've mentioned this a few times on the show that we have to build our buyer's list as much as we do anything else. And when we build our buyer's list or when we're doing the acquisition, I should say, Uh, We also have to find that investment capital to get it done. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think, uh, you know, my show is probably a great example of that. Unfortunately, I don't think I spend as much time on the subject as we probably should. Um, Well, we'll fix
2: that right now. How's (laughs) that (laughs) sound?
1: But before we kick things off, I want to make sure they have your information and contact information and hold out towards the middle and end of the show because Dave has given you an awesome opportunity for everybody uh, coming up on one of his workshops. But uh, head over to InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com and I'll make sure to include that link in the show notes, but really appreciate your time, Dave.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jack.
1: So we're going to spend a little time today talking about raising capital without rejection and everything associated with it. And we're going to start things off with uh, something that's pretty controversial. And, and I know so because I've actually said this exact phrase oh. multiple times. So we're, we're kind of in the same boat on this one, mm-hmm. is that the concept of find the deal and the money will come.
2: Yeah, that I heard that concept a lot, Jack. And then when I had the situation where I had a really good deal on the go and I didn't have the money for it, that's when I thought, okay, well, time to kick things into gear. Just find a good deal. The money will find you. Well, it isn't going to happen by magic. You have to do something. So I'd also heard, hey, pick up the phone and start dialing for dollars. Have you heard Mm -hmm. cold calling? Yeah. Like the Wolf of Wall Street, you know, it looks kind of sexy and fun on movies Right. Well I tried that and Jack I suck at cold calling. <laughs> All I did was get rejected a whole bunch of times get pouty quit doing that. I'd also heard go out and turn every conversation into a real estate conversation. So I tried that networking and schmoozing, showed up at the local BNI Chamber of Commerce Toastmasters wherever they let me in the door with my business cards, mm-hmm. practiced my 30-second commercial, raised absolutely zero capital. And bottom line uh, you know after trying a whole bunch of different stuff I failed miserably had to back out of the deal because the money did not magically find me and so that's when I I changed my mindset about this and I said you know what um, for me at least when it comes to the chicken and the egg which comes first the money or the deal I want to have the money lined up first because then if I've got my investors if I've got my capital lined up ahead of time then it makes it so much easier To find and close on those deals. Because at least in my case, Jack, I found that if I waited until I had the deal and then I went looking for the money, then I just kind of desperation seemed to ooze out of every pore of my body. And no matter how good the deal is, that repels other people. If they just sense that you really, really, really need it, Mm -hmm. then no matter how good the deal is, they're going to feel hesitant about investing with you. That's been my experience. So now money comes first.
1: Yeah, no, I can imagine. I mean, have making sure you have that money lined up ahead of time, you probably uh, you probably have a lot more confidence in the way you're speaking to your sellers.
2: It gives you it gives you the mojo, that's for sure. So that's that's become my whole philosophy. I had to learn that the hard way uh years ago, geez, 11 year 11 or 12 years ago. And then what I did instead is I said, "Okay, well, I don't like the idea of doing the old fashioned dollar for dollars, network schmoozing, spamming people about my deals. Why don't I apply proven marketing strategies, which I'm pretty good at, to this whole raising capital thing and instead of chasing investors, what if we could figure out a way to get investors coming to us? And ideally have them coming to us already kind of pre-educated about what we're up to, pre-motivated to a certain extent, perhaps even pre-qualified and predisposed to investing and then get them to put up their hand, request more information, book a meeting, whatever that looks like. And then that conversation is a complete 180
1: from us chasing after them. Does that make sense, Jack? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So let's say people are looking to do exactly what you're suggesting. Where would they start?
2: Well, here's my philosophy. Um, We need to start with the low-hanging financial fruit, right? Mm -hmm. Let's go after the easy, fast money first. And in my experience in that of, at this point, thousands of students and clients across the world, that tends to be within what we call your sphere of influence, people you already have a pre-existing relationship with. Who are those people? Friends, family members, co-workers, business associates, people you know from church or civic organizations, sporting groups. You know you know them, they know you. You've already got that pre-existing relationship. Because if we think about it, if, we're, if you're logical, in order for somebody to invest 50, 75, or $100,000 with you, chances are they're gonna to need to know you, like you, and trust you with their money. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So a big mistake a lot of people make when they first start raising capital is they try to raise money from everybody and anybody, strangers. And that's, first of all, that's illogical because they don't know you, they don't like you, they sure as heck do not trust you with their money. And second of all, it's illegal (laughs) Mm. (laughs) because you're definitely, uh, if you do it wrong, you're crossing the line with the Securities and Exchange Commission in the States. Up here in Canada, each province has its own version of that. And basically they all say the same thing. You and I are not allowed to raise money from the general public unless we have an offering memorandum or a certain corporate structure or we are set up with a license, like a stockbroker, financial planner, uh, mortgage broker, those kind of people. If you don't have some of that stuff, then you're actually breaking the law if you're raising capital from the general public. Does that make sense, Jack?
1: Yeah, that does. Yeah. So you know, you you mentioned, uh, you know, the no like and trust. That's a pretty standard marketing principle. Yeah. Um, how have you found, like, uh, how are you building that list? And, and I I've, I've talked multiple times on this show that as far as I'm concerned, when you are building your buyer's list or trying to find those investors, um, that you probably should be spending as much time cultivating that list as you are trying to find a property.
2: Yeah. So this would be a completely different list than your buyer's list. Your investor list is going to be a completely different list. And again, what I recommend is let's let's create a target group. And I'm going to say for most people, somewhere in the 100 to 200 people on your list range. So people that you have that pre-existing relationship with. And before anybody freaks out and says, Dave, I don't know 100 to 200 people. Yeah, chances are you'll know a lot more than that. And, and what we always do is we say, hey, here's the quickest way to do that. Instead of trying to think up 100 to 200 people, let's start with a couple of thousand and whittle it down. How do we start with a couple of thousand? It's actually quite easy. Jack, you just take your cell phone, export all your contacts from your cell phone, get them into an Excel spreadsheet. Do the same thing with your social media contacts. Don't worry about it, don't filter it yet, just get them all into that spreadsheet. Same thing with uh, you know uh, people that you have in your email contacts. Just get all of your contacts into one place And then instead of having to think up 150 or 200 people, probably going to start out with 1,500 or 2,000, whittle it down to 200 people that you actually do have that pre-existing relationship with. So that's really kind of step one of my five-step process, create that target group of prospective investors. And then part two of step one is reconnect with them on a personal level before you start talking business. Because I didn't tell you what my biggest mistake was when I first took took a kick of the can there for raising capital. It wasn't dialing for dollars. It wasn't the networking, the schmoozing. The biggest mistake I made, Jack, was I came up with this brilliant idea of creating that target group, which was a really good idea, but then I missed a step. And instead of breaking the ice with them first, I went straight for the throat, straight for the juggler, and said, hey, here's my deal. Are you interested? Here's my deal, have you got any cash? And I spammed that. I mean, I sent that out to all 200 people. And basically, all I got was a bunch of people replying saying, hey, Dave, I haven't heard from you in forever. And here you are hitting me up up for cash for a deal. Take a hike. Right, right. (laughs) And and the worst part wasn't losing the deal. The worst part of that was being so clumsy. uh, I really shot myself in the foot with a lot of really good potential investors because I turned them off. Because I was so darn clumsy in the first place. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. You know, it's it's very similar. You know, when you're acquiring a property, you know, it, there's a lot of rapport building that has to occur when you're when you're talking to a distressed seller. You know, you got to get to know them, understand them, and solve their problem in a way you're you're doing that. But uh, yeah, I can see how it would be a a pretty quick turnoff for somebody if. If you're uh, got your hand out that it early has. in the in yeah, I mean, 2020 the...
2: hindsight, it, it's i could see what a bonehead mood if it was. So, so what do we do instead? So, what we do instead, Jack, at least what I recommend, it works really well, is a, as just a three a simple three step email sequence email campaign that goes out to those couple hundred people. Where the first couple of emails are all about breaking the ice, reconnecting with people, letting them know what you're up to. Encouraging them to reply back to you and having a little bit of back and forth without any sneaky ulterior motives, without any NLP, you know, sneak in some real estate stuff in there. Just have a genuine reconnection. And then the third message is kind of the heads up hey, you know what, moving ahead, I, I want to do a better job of staying in touch, letting you know what I'm up to with real estate investing, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So you get, you give people a heads up about what's going to be coming down the pipeline. And then, you start the marketing kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Sure.
1: Yeah. So you know, let's say once once you have established and made that reconnection, you know, and and you're probably saying, you know, you're sending out this this static email, that initial one or two uh, that's going out to everybody. But take a moment and do that response and have that interaction, right? That's
2: super. That's there's there's money in those responses. There's literally hundreds of thousands of dollars if not millions of dollars in those reconnections. And what we've found over the years of doing this Jack is that most people when they start this with this way with their sphere of influence can easily quite easily raise their first 1 to 2 million dollars just within that group of people. So that's where we that's in my mind that's the the simplest fastest and most logical place to start.
1: So and I know this is probably going to get a little tricky but you know as you are interacting with them via email are there any signs or indicators that you could say that uh, maybe these are this is a group of a smaller group that you might be should focus on and and reconnect in person?
2: Uh, not necessarily not yet. Um I mean that that very well could come up during the whole process. What I'm really looking for is interaction. So just the the fact that we have 200 people that we're reaching out to does not mean that 200 people are going to reach back. Right. Right. In fact, statistically speaking, you're doing pretty well if you have somewhere between 20 and 50 of them actually get back to you. So those would be that, that 20 to 50, that would be that subgroup where I'd be paying a little bit more attention, but everything else that we're going to be talking about kind of goes out to that whole group of 200 people.
1: Sure. Okay. So, um, We've been uh, talking a lot about this now regarding uh, uh, finding that low hanging financial fruit. Yeah, when you break the subject of investing for the first time, how does that typically look?
2: Well, it's it's usually in that transition message, that third message of the warm up campaign, I let' them know, hey, it's you know, I plan to do a better job, staying in touch, letting you know what I'm up to with real estate investing. I'm really excited about it. I'm doing really well with it. Blah, blah, blah. So I, I give them the heads up that we're gonna we're gonna be keeping in touch and we're gonna be talking about real estate investing. And hey, who knows? You might want to partner up with me and share in the profits on a deal. You know, and then we've got we've got everything moving forward is coming from ideally your investor-focused website. And it brings people back to that website so they kind of poke around, check things out, and ideally click on the the contact us tab, which is what the whole goal is. So uh, step number three of the process is setting up what I call your constant, consistent communication, your marketing. And what we want to do there, Jack, is we want to get top of mind, and then we want to stay top of mind with that target group of prospective investors by providing them with what I call edutaining marketing, right, on a regular basis. So ideally, like once a week, they're hearing something from you, you know, just a little tidbit about what you're up to, what you're doing with real estate. Don't get too heavy duty with this. Keep it pretty high level because you got to remember most of the people on your list are not real estate enthusiasts like we are. They aren't, you know, watching and listening to your podcast. They're just normal people doing their thing. So we got to keep it reader's digest level where it's pretty, pretty easy for them to understand. So again, mm-hmm. that constant, consistent, edutaining communication and then make sure that each piece, whether you're doing a video log or a blog post or an electronic newsletter, whatever it is that you're doing, make sure that you've got a specific call to action at the end of it saying, hey, if you'd like to find out more, click here. Let's have a conversation.
1: Sure. No, I, I like that you you mentioned keeping it at that Reader Digest level. You know, I, I find actually it's interesting. I get a ton of newsletters and everything in my inbox and it's amazing to see how different one varies from the other. Some are very simple to the point and just a few sentences with some highlights. Those are the ones I'll scan through. It's the ones that come in that are like a book in length that you just go, why Why are you sending me this?
2: <laughs> and you're into this stuff, man. Imagine somebody <laughs> who's really not all that into real estate investing. What i found over the years, uh, Jack, is is that most prospective investors, they really don't want to learn the nitpicky ins and outs of real estate investing. What they want to know is that we know our stuff, that we are the expert. And if they decide to invest with us, we've got their back. You know, We're the ones that that are going to lead the charge. So that's, that's really what they want to know. So we don't want to overwhelm them with too much detail, too much minutia. We just want to make sure they know that we know our stuff.
1: Right. And I'm going to guess that the marketing rule around eight to 10 contacts before somebody takes an action is pretty universal there as well. Don't expect it to work like right off. You know, you got to
2: Exactly. It it works. Here's what we found. It's really, really interesting. There will be some folks who are uh, ready to go pretty quickly, but it's the vast, vast, vast minority. 85% of people, you know, once they've shown some sort of sign of interest are gonna need some long-term nurturing. And that's why it's so important that you've got that constant consistent communication coming out week after week, month after month, uh, because that's where you're gonna get the lion's share of your capital or lion's share of your results is from that ongoing conversation, that constant drip, right? So anytime they're ready, whenever they're ready, hey, click here, let's book a call, let's have a conversation. But again, that's why it's really important that you always have a clear call to action at the end of any of your marketing so that people know exactly what you want them to do.
1: Sure. Talking about a clear call to action, I want to bring up your workshop. You really have a great opportunity for everybody. And let's, uh, let's bring this up now and then we'll have it again at the end of the show. But
2: well, I've, I spared no time or expense putting together a sign just for you here, Jack. So <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is for your, your followers, InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. And if you put in the discount code HOSS, H-O-S-S, all caps, that'll get you a 50% discount on a ticket. You're going to see the tickets are pretty reasonably priced in the first place. And here's what we do, you guys. We spend a full day, and I'm talking about eight hours, Together on Zoom. It's a virtual workshop. It's live, but it's via Zoom with a small group of people. And we take a deep dive into this whole five step, uh, what I call money partner formula. So at the end of the day, you're going to have a complete blueprint to get from where you are to where you want to be with raising capital. In fact, what we say is this is the entire roadmap of how to raise your first or your next six figures in the next six weeks or less. And the reason we do the, the workshops. So inexpensively is because my real business is I have a boutique marketing agency and we're going to offer you a, a complete done-for-you process, done-for-you system that if you want to work with us directly, that's that's what we offer there. So you have the opportunity to come in and learn everything in that full-day workshop. If you're a diehard do-it-yourselfer, you got everything you need. If you'd rather have the experts set it all up for you, that's what we offer you. Does that make sense, yeah. Jack? How's that for then- complete transparency?
1: Yeah, no. I and I appreciate that because I've I've had people come on the show before, uh pitch a workshop, you know, as if it's a big secret anyway. You know, like we all know what most of these workshops are for. There's there's a there's a there's a a reason you're doing it and there obviously you're you're out to you gotta make a little money at it.
2: Well, we we actually make quite a bit of money at it. It's just not with the ticket sales. We keep the ticket price very, very reasonable. And then the, the way that we make our money is with by attracting new clients via the workshop. So that's, that's where our business model lies. So we give, we, instead of selling a home study course, we almost give it away as the training in the workshop, but then we offer the done-for-you service there.
1: Yeah, you bet. Yeah. So you know, talking about attracting people to, to the offer, you're attracting people to your website, trying to get them to the contact page to essentially raise their hand.
2: Yes. Once they now, do, here,
1: what, what, what happens next?
2: Yeah. So, so again, my philosophy about that, Jack, you were talking a few minutes ago about the fact that you get all these newsletters all the time. What we tend to do is we put all of the marketing on the website, right? So instead of sending people a newsletter, we send them a quick little email that creates curiosity that cl- links them back to the website.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's where the newsletter is. They can read it there and then while they're in the in the in the website hopefully they start poking around and clicking on one of those big contact us buttons and then quite often the way we've got this set up for our clients is that takes the person directly to a, a calendly booking page mm-hmm. where they pick a day and a time and they book a half hour 45 minute conversation with the real estate entrepreneur and that's where the the real estate investor can have their uh, their, their meeting, their investor meeting, because that's the goal of the whole thing is to get this face-to-face time with a prospective investor where you can show them what we go over in step two, which is what we call your million-dollar investor presentation. So that walks people through, again, in a very simple manner, what you're up to with real estate investing, a little bit about your background, your track record, what's in it for the other person, the investor, how it all works, the pros, the cons, the re- rewards, the risks, how you mitigate those risks. All of that goes through that. And then you've got the call to action at the end of that presentation, which is, is this of interest to you or not? And you find out one way or the other and you move on from there.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, well, I think one of the other benefits here is that you're probably going to rekindle some relationships that have kind of laid dormant there for a while.
2: Definitely. If I had done it right in the first place, I would have rekindled some relationships. I mean, one guy said, "Dave, I haven't heard from you, I haven't heard from you in eighteen years, and here you are just hitting me up for money." Uh, so, if I had done it the way I just explained it, you know, that would have rekindled those relationships. So that's one of the, you know, when we're doing this with clients, this is one of the perks that they absolutely love is just reconnecting with all of these people that they might have lost touch with.
1: Yeah, and and what I think is also interesting is that if you do this right. You probably aren't just contacting them, but almost everybody that they know that might be interested in it.
2: Well, yeah, that takes us to step number five of the process, which is, which is what we call starting the snowball effect. And here's a beautiful thing, Jack, and I'm sure you've seen this uh, in multiple ways with, with buyers plus with investors, is once you've got an investor on board and they're happy with what they're, they're doing with you. It's so much easier to get more investors because now you can get a really good testimonial from that person. And if you're proactive, you can get warm introductions from them to their friends and their family because they tend to hang out with other people that have money as well. So that's, that's beautiful. So again, video testimonials are king and getting warm introductions to people within their sphere is a, is a massive shortcut to growing your investor list for sure.
1: Yeah, this this is a a, a great example of how uh, you might you should mine a small group for the value that they hold versus trying to cast that wide net. Everybody feels that they have to to cast the widest net possible in hopes that they can find somebody, but uh, you're really f- focusing on mining what's in front of you. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's just like you said, right? It's my my philosophy is it's better to go narrow and deep than really, really wide and shallow, right? Because the deeper those connections, the, 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 deeper the relationship, the person feels with you, the much more likely they are to know you like you and trust you with their 50 or a hundred thousand dollars.
1: So, well, you know, uh, I usually like to give everybody one actionable thing that they could, they can take back and implement like right away. Yeah. Like, could you give us like, what would be the wording of that first email that they would send out to, to start a conversation?
2: Yeah. Well, they, how about if I do one better Jack? So I'll give you the idea of that, but then I'll give you the actual layout of the third message. Cause the third message is the magic one. Okay. So the first two messages are just basically what I call the Christmas letter from aunt Nadine. <laughs> okay. I don't know, You're you're a younger guy than I am, Jack. But back when I was a kid, you know, before social media, before cheap long distance, all that kind of stuff, people used to actually write letters. I don't know if you remember those days, but my Aunt Nadine, she had a trick. Every Christmas, she'd write a a nice long Christmas letter and she would go down and she would photocopy it and she'd stick that in with all her Christmas cards and send Mm -hmm. that out to her friends and family. So that was the one time a year we kind of got caught up on what she and the family were up to. We want to do a modern day version of that via email. So catch people up on what you've been up to for the last five years or so. You, the family, the kids, the spouse, work, uh, you know, sports activities, outside activities, travel if you're able to travel, what's been going on with the whole pandemic thing for you. You know, nice newsy, what's been going good, what's been not so good, but leave it on a really positive note and always have that call to action. Hey, that's about me. How about you? Please hit reply to this email. Let's connect. So that's the first couple of, of messages. But the third message is what I call the transition message. And this is really important that you do this right. So I'll, I'll give you guys an example of, of how I would do this if I were doing a transition message. it would go something like this. Hey, it's Dave. It's been really good reconnecting with you over the last week or so. And I just want to let you know that moving ahead, I plan on doing a much better job of staying in touch and letting you know what I'm up to with real estate investing. Real estate something I'm very passionate about. I've been doing really well with it. And in fact, I think real estate is the absolute best way for everyday folks like you and like myself to make an above average return on our money backed by a solid tangible asset. And that's a real piece of property. And hey, who knows? Maybe sometime in the future, you might even wanna partner with me and share in the profits on a deal. But you know what? If you're really not into real estate investing, that's okay too. You can always click unsubscribe at the bottom of any of my emails. And you'll be taken off my list immediately. My feelings will be hurt for a little while, but eventually I'll get over it. Okay. And in the meantime, if you haven't had a chance to get back to me and let me know how you're doing, please, please, please hit reply to this email and let's connect. Take care. Talk to you soon. Send that sucker off. All right. Now we've done, that was about a one minute spiel. Mm-hmm. So we've accomplished four or five things in that one minute spiel. First of all, we let them know that we're going to keep communicating with them and we're going to switch gears and we're going to start talking about real estate. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's that's the first thing. Second thing is we planted the seed that, hey, who knows, maybe sometime in the future might even want to partner with me and share in the profits, all right? So that's that's number two. Number three, we let them know that we're very passionate about it. And if it's true, don't BS anybody. But if you've, if you've got some success, then you can legitimately say, and I've been doing really well with it, right? So we let them sure. plant those seeds there. Then we also encourage people to opt out if they'd rather not hear about it. Okay. Now, here's the surprising thing, Jack. We've done this hundreds of times with hundreds of private clients. What's your best guess on if you got 200 people in your list and you tell them to opt out if they'd rather not hear about it? How many people do you think are going to opt out?
1: Oh, it'd be pretty low. I'd say less than 10%.
2: You're absolutely right. Typically, we're getting somewhere in the range of three or four or five people, not even percent, three or four or five people out of 200 might opt out uh, in that sequence if we do it that way. So we accomplish a heck of a lot. People know that we're going to be uh, continuing to communicate with them. People know that we're switching gears. We're going to start talking about real estate investing, and that's when we can kick things into gear with the rest of the marketing.
1: So, well, there's, there's been a lot of great concepts and strategies here. I'm gonna ask have you hold up your sign one more time that that high that high res sign there InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. <laughs> use discount code haas to get involved at half off on the workshop that's a great opportunity for everybody uh, and uh, this Dave I really appreciate your time on this like I said we don't spend enough time on this topic but uh, before I let you go is there a question you wished I would have asked you here today.
2: Ah, uh, question. You know what? You did such a good jack, do, job there, Jack. I think we've covered it, it all. I, I One question people sometimes ask me is, what's the biggest mistake you see uh, new capital raisers making? And the biggest mistake I see, Jack, is the fact that they start off just shotgunning everybody and anybody about their deals. And they're They're Mm -hmm. plastering their deals on Facebook and on social media and all these places. And that just makes me cringe from a security standpoint. And again, I'm not a security, I'm not a lawyer or securities guy or anything like that, but it's just my understanding because they're breaking the law and they might get away with it for a little while, but sooner or later, they're going to get caught and the spanking they're going to get from the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission or their state regulatory body or provincial regulatory body is not going to be fun so you guys don't do that whatever you do don't do that
1: so, well I appreciate it thank you again Dave and uh, again go to the uh, the URL I'll make sure to include that link in the show notes Dave has a podcast of his own too so you better go to that site and, and find that because there's a lot of great content there so really appreciate it Dave. I hope to chat again sometime.
2: Likewise. Thank you very much, Jack. This has been great.
0: This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time and tell a friend.